summer through I thought I'd found my dream in you For me, you were the one But that was yesterday And yesterday's gone We walked together hand in hand Cross miles and miles of golden sand It's over and done Cause that was yesterday And yesterday's gone We had such happiness together I can't believe it's gone forever Wait till summer comes again I loved you yesterday And yesterday's gone Welcome again to the Strange Brew podcast and the first track that you heard was uh, Chad Stewart and Jeremy Clyde or Chad and Jeremy and Yesterday's Gone and a hit over here in the UK in 1963 and we're here because uh, there's a new excellent double CD set out Yesterday's Gone the complete Ember and World Artist recording which contains all of Chad and Jeremy's 1963 to 64 recordings Welcome, Jeremy, anyhow. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jason. Digging deeper, um, John Barry had a, quite a key role in, in, in that stage of your career, I understand. Yes, he did. Uh, well, he signed us. We were playing at a place called uh, Tina's Bar in Albemarle Street uh, in London. And um, it was, it was, a, it was a, a lunchtime gig. And um, John Barry, the word spread, and we got some attention, and we're just, you know, sort of, you know, standing doing, covering other people's folk songs, you know, basically. Um, and then he was, he came down, he signed us, and he was starting this Ember Records, um, and signed us. And the interesting thing is, I came across some photographs the other day of us at, during this period, and of course, I was reminded that we none of us sang with the microphone. So we sang out. So it was all a bit hearty, if you know what I mean. It was all a bit a mighty wind. It was all a bit uh, Kingston Trio. Mm. 
I loved you all the summer, you know, a bit keen. And uh, we went in to record Yesterday's Gone, which Chad had written and arranged, because Chad had a, had a you know, he was real proper music. He was a real musician and still is. John came and we tried it out once in the booth kind of thing, and he popped his head around and he said, guys, you sound like a load of um, football. You sound, sound like a football team. Can you sing it quieter? And so that's how we sort of started whispering together, and we've been whispering ever since. <laughs> <laughs> Marvellous, and that, that obviously, as you say, really set the tone for the, for the sound of the duo. Absolutely, but the problem was that we didn't, I mean, like you never know these things, of course, he was having a, he was in, well, if he wasn't in litigation, he was having an enormous row with his business partner, uh, Jeffrey Kruger. Who, uh, who was Ember Records. And so the result of that was that John left, actually quite in fairly short order, there was a bust up. And we got stuck with Jeffrey Kruger, to be honest, uh, who wasn't uh, the same, in the same uh, category as John. I mean, John was our friend and John, you know, was responsible for a lot of the, as you say, the sound. And so suddenly we had, we were thrown into the hands of actually a very good producer called Shell Talmy, who was very hot at the time. He just just done uh, Who's uh, My Generation, uh, that kind of you know stuff, and he was great and everything. But it kind of all went a bit funny quite early on because of John. Had we had something called a key man clause, where if John leaves, you know, but I mean, you look back and you can you know do this forever. Um, so yeah, that was John's part in our life, but he left quite early on. He came back into my life a couple of years later because he, he was writing a musical, which has never—it's never been—it's not didn't, wasn't a great success. Called Passionflower Hotel, and he wanted me to play the leading boy in it. It was about it was a, about some schoolgirls who'd set up a brothel. It was a frightful. It was very sort of racy. At the time, <laughs> and uh, uh, in two public schools, sort of, you know, girls' school next to a boys' school, sort of thing, and all the mayhem that went on. And uh, it was a bit of a dodgy subject, so it, 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 and they sort of dressed it up. Anyway, I, so I did the musical. Uh, it cut a long story short for six months in London, which wasn't a huge success, but John and I worked together again, yeah. Do you think it was the fact that you were on Ember in the, the UK that? You didn't enjoy as much success over here uh, in Britain as, you know, the staggering success you, you had in the States. Well, obviously, at this point, one has to mention my old friends and uh, comrades in arms, Peter and Gordon. Mm. And we all knew each other. I mean, they took over our, when John signed us. The Tina's bar said to us, oh, God, it was going so great. Don't you know anybody else? We were, you know, we were doing great business and people were coming in and it was a real atmosphere and blah, blah, blah. And they said, yeah, yeah, Peter Asher, Gordon Waller, they're mates. They're playing over at the Pickwick Club. I'll ask them. And they took over our gig and within a year, we're all in the, in the charts together. But the point is that Peter, not only Peter and Gordon, but Peter, and who I t Gordon not being with us anymore, Peter and I are sort of in touch a lot. And, uh, I mean, the thing about Peter is he was with Capitol Records, for goodness sake. And, uh, you know, he was uh, brother-in-law to McCartney, so to speak. And so it was, you know, I mean, it was a different era. I don't know what would have happened if we'd been with a major label. Who knows? The thing about Yesterday's Gone, going back to that, is that we, so we, there we were, we'd had a small-ish hit, not a huge hit with Yesterday's Gone in England, but it got a lot of attention. Uh, we'd been on all the shows, you know, mm. and um, we didn't know, we couldn't follow it up. 
uh, we thought there was a, we tried to follow it up. I can't remember the name of the song now. Anyway, it didn't work. And that was sort of, we were looking at one hit wonder time. And then we got a call from our publisher saying, guys, you're not going to believe this. You're going up the charts in America. Now, we didn't even know that we'd been released in America, but we had, and a deal had been done by Jeff Kruger with Lou Guarino of World Artists Records. And World Artists were, um, well, as, as it was put to me, they were very connected, okay? They had friends. Lou Guarino had some seriously heavy friends, they said. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> and, I mean, who knows whether, how much... When we first went to America to sort of and into the hands of Lou Guarino and his merry man, which was, you know, there's have been moments when it's a bit like a Scorsese movie. Anyway, we were, first thing, we, we went around all the radio stations. So that's, I mean, whether, I mean, I have no doubt that disc jockeys were very pleased to see them and they were very pleased to see us. And, you know, that, and, and so up the charts we went, I have a suspect. We got quite a push from them, uh, from World Artists, even though they were a tiny, tiny label. But it was all that was all to do with the fact that the Beatles were just breaking in America. And so it was all about timing. I mean, we just we were one of a handful of acts. Uh, we weren't a beat group. We weren't, you know, sort of they, they <laughs> world artist records for the American public decided that since there had been a Liverpool sound, that we better have a sound. So they called us the Oxford sound. <laughs> it was classy. <laughs> So there you are. <laughs> the, uh, the the next song uh, that we're playing today is a summer song, which is um, that's kind of a standard now over in the US. Yeah, it's an amazing thing. Chad co-wrote that. Uh, yeah, two guys, friends of his, all on the folk circuit, you know, sort of keen young people with guitar stuff. And they were stuck for the bridge. They say that all good things must end someday. That's his. And yeah, and it was on the first album. Um, and we all thought it was sort of tucked away, a nice little song. And amazingly, it became the song of the summer in 1964. It never actually made the top of the charts. It never made number one, but it stayed in the top five or something forever. And has since gone on to be in various movies. Um, Missing Princess Diaries, Rushmore, there's one. Yeah. Mad Men 3, something I seem to remember. And it's become, as you say, it's become a standard. And when Chad and I do it in the States, which we do from, have been doing the past, you know, 12 years now, people come unglued. I mean, grown men cry. It's quite extraordinary. It's very wonderful. It's extraordinary. I, in fact, we worked with a great drummer, Liberty DeVito, who was out with us uh, on one of the last tours. And it was one of those evenings where everyone went bonkers and the whole audience starts swaying. And he said, he came off, he said, I'd never seen anything like that. That was absolutely extraordinary. So there you are. Uh, lucky, eh? Trees swaying in the summer breeze Showing off their silver leaves As we walked by Soft kisses on a summer's day Laughing all our cares away Just you and I Sweet, sleepy warmth of summer nights Gazing at the distant lights 
version of uh, uh, a track by Rogers and Hammerstein and I think it's from Carousel it's If I Loved You I mean that seems to be a showcase uh, for your trademark harmonies yes uh, Chad was is uh, a harmony genius I mean he is a sort of bit of a Brian Wilson in his he can do things that are I mean he you know I mean we our voices we were both had chorister backgrounds Chad seriously at Durham Cathedral Choir School and me just at school because I was leader of the choir and did the solos and just sort of had a knack for it or something. But, I mean, unlike, but he is trained. I mean, he's, you know, he can sit down and, you know, diminish sevenths all over the place and all that kind of stuff. Uh, plus, a, <laughs> plus ninths, oh, really. And, and keyboards and all that. So he's, he's your man uh, for that stuff. And basically, what we discovered was that this was at the Central School of Speech and Drama, which is where we met, September 1960. He just arrived. I've been there a year. And somebody said that somebody, a young chap who's arrived in the teacher training course, they knew I was interested in music and sort of chunked a guitar along and carried on. Uh, who you've got to meet. I mean, he's, he plays keyboards and guitar. He can play Apache the whole way through. I said, well, take me to this musical genius. And that's how it started. But we started singing. There was a back stairway at the uh, Central School of Speech and Drama. I imagine it's still there. Uh, sort of concrete job going up mm. in a circular way. And uh, uh, if you got in there and did some harmonies, it didn't half work. And we did a lot of that. And all he, he used to say, look, you sing this. <laughs> I'd sing it and off we go. And because I was fast, I could kind of keep up. Now, there was a lot of pressure on us to do standards. We had a big hit with something called Willow Weep for Me. And that sort of kicked, that started, <laughs> sort of the, the label thought we were, that's where we belonged, is sort of, mm. you know, doing show tunes, frankly. 
we both kicked against it rather, but we're good. We can do the harmonies, so you know the, that's sort of how it is. I listen to this stuff, and it it gives me. <laughs> I come out in hives basically because uh, I don't really want to be the you know covers merchant for a lot of show tunes. But um, there we are. We did it uh, under pressure because you, the pressure being that you had to come out with you had to go on the road. Well, they worked us to death. I mean, we hardly had any time. And you had to produce two albums a year. And we weren't sure that sort of dried up as far as the writing was concerned, did a bit. We were beginning to take baby steps trying to write together in the back of the bus, but they weren't great. And so the pressure was on, so you had to find material. And so, right, we'll do a standard, we'll do a standard. Okay, we'll do a standard. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's McCartney doing Till There Was You, you know. That was, well, that was the currency of those days. you next jeremy um and you were talking about some of the uh you know the, the songwriting and you, you did write uh co-write a few songs with uh chad um one of them i w- wanted to play was what do you want with me oh yeah yeah now i rather like this song we there was a moment where we stripped it down i mean fairly recently within the past 10 years we do it on stage and it kind of strips down to two chunky rhythm guitars going for it and it's it's Beatley. I mean, it, it's of its time. It shows its um, influences. But I kind of like it. I think it's quite clever. And the chords are quite sort of, you know, well put together and all that. But it's, it's of its time. Yeah, I'm, I'm fond of this one. I, I, we actually, actually come to think of it, 
I think we put it out as a single. I think it did rather well. And I seem to remember, I think we did a version for Ember World Artists. And then I think we re-recorded it because we, we felt we could do better uh, when we moved to Columbia later in 66. Uh, so um, I think there are two versions of this, if I remember. But no, I'm, it's an, uh, that's one from the back of the bus. Yeah. What do you want with me? Oh, baby, can't you see? My love and I were happy Before you came along and it'll stay that way Cause I won't let her down I love her, can't you see? What do you want with me? What do you want with me? Oh baby, I can see You only wanna break us up And use me for a time Then you'll leave me crying I've heard it all before Your other boys have told me What do you want with me? The love I got Is something Again, she's loving, she's true. Let me tell you, she's not a bit like you. And I'm asking you a question What do you want with me? Why don't you let me be? I know it would be easy to fool around with you, but you should know by now. I've promised to be true I love her, can't you see? What do you want with me? The love I got Is something else again She's loving, she's true Let me tell you she's not a bit like you Asking you a question What do you want with me? Why don't you let me be? I know it would be easy To fool around with you But you should know by now I promise to be true I love her, can't you see? What do you want with me? Can't you see What do you want with me What do you want with me There's another track uh, I'd like to, to play And that was a single I think it was written by Van McCoy It was uh, Before and After Absolutely This is after we moved to the big label and Got away from the small label and they were looking for a hit. And it's actually it's a terrific song. I, I'm not sure we do it anyway. It's a soul song. Why are we doing, doing a very, very unsoulful version? Our versions actually later on the road, I mean, within the past five or ten years, have been much better. A commercial song, for commercial reasons, um, there you are, desperately looking for a hit, trying to find something in that middle ground somewhere in the 60s. Uh, which is fatal, of course. I mean, what we mm. should do have gone is, you know, 
strip it back down and go back to our acoustic roots. Uh, I now would have done that, but uh, that's hindsight, like all these things. Wears a smile, I wear a frown, and I can tell whenever he's around that on the eyes of every one a staring, and I know that they're comparing the two. Whispering and saying when they do See the difference between the old and new Before and after Losing you Losing you His future's bright my future's dim And all the dreams we shared You share with him And all the eyes of every one are staring And I know that they're comparing the two Whispering and saying when they do the difference between the old and new Before and after Losing you Losing you I used to be Happy as he Till I lost you somehow Though I don't show it Chad and Jeremy, before and after a single, now on uh, Columbia from 1965. The next song uh, I'd like to play is one of the highlights of your uh, Distant Shores album, and that's uh, your version of Homeward Bound. Uh, but reading up <laughs> about this, I understand that you actually had the chance to be one of the first to release that song. Okay, here's how it goes. Um, somebody at Columbia had said, you might want to come along there's a sort of some launch. Dylan was there, and um, I don't know, this is some music business thing. And uh, a lot of people were there, and somebody came up to me, A&R man, I think, something, and said, you might want to get together with this guy, uh, Paul Simon. He's sort of doing a lot, of, writing a lot of good stuff, very much up your street. You might want to listen to some of his material. Paul came around to my place and sat on the sofa and played one brilliant song after another. And I was totally astonished by what I was hearing and rang Chad and said, I've discovered this genius and, um, you know, we've got to do some songs. Anyway, cut, long story short. I think I'm doing a play at the same time. I think I'm doing Passion Planet Tell at the same time. And we record uh, Homeward Bound uh, amongst 
possibly others, but I can't remember. But certainly we did Home and Bound. And Paul was in the studio and he was sort of coming in and being sweet and making the tea. And, you know. and while he was in there, a call came through from a guy, I think his name was Tom Wilson, who was at Columbia and added drums to Sounds of Silence, something along those lines. And suddenly Paul is in the charts. Well, bye, bye, Paul. Yeah, okay, well done. You know, bye. See ya. And off he goes. And stupidly, <laughs> they're looking. We're looking for a single from the album. And stupidly, somebody thinks maybe me that it should be a ridiculous sort of novelty number I call "Ballad of a Teenage Failure," which I'd written, which mm-hmm. people still ask for, and I I won't play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, there you are. They think it's funny and amusing. But that was chosen as the single in front of Homeward Bound. So our version of Homeward Bound went on the album, of course, and it's, it's not as good as Paul's. I mean, you know, let's, let's, let's talk turkey here. The man is the man. But yeah, we had a shot and we, we blew it. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul, by the way, Paul still remembers that uh, moment because we run into each other and he said, I remember coming over to your place. And I Sitting in a railway station, got a ticket for my destination mm-hmm. On a tour of one-night stands, my suitcase and guitar in hand And every stop is neatly planned for a poet and a one-man band Homeward bound, I wish I was stream of cigarettes and magazines mm. And each town looks the same to me The movies and the factories And every stranger's face I see Reminds me where I long to be Homeward bound I wish I was Homeward bound Like emptiness in harmony I need someone to comfort me Homeward bound I wish I was Homeward bound Home where my thoughts are straight Jeremy, um, we start moving into it towards um, the, the late 60s, and um, although commercially 
you guys weren't as successful artistically. Uh, um, just the, the the work in this period is just um, fantastic and is is, is my favourite uh, period for uh, Chad and Jeremy. You made uh, two two st- stunning albums, really. Um, I think with Gary Usher. Um, yes. I uh, I picked a few songs, obviously, for, from from those albums. This is the moment when I start taking the baby steps to being to writing, and where Chad and and so what the question was then is what's Chad going to do? The answer to which is arrange. Because he could, I mean, he could write scores for orchestras. And not a lot of people around in the pop game can do that. So it's obviously a plus. And, you know, so it's to let, let Chad roam about. And I think I'm right in saying that there's a song called Progress on there, yeah. which is, it takes up the entire second side. It became a sort of vast suite of high pretension. But actually, it's quite a simple little song, and it's one of mine. And this was came it came from Chad bringing up and saying, "Oh, you know, hearing this song and going, right, I can see a suite." And I said, "Fine, okay, off you go." And it grew and grew. I mean, it just became completely bonkers. We weren't anywhere near as druggy as it sounds now. I mean, you know, a bit of grass, but you know, nothing, nothing more than that, really. But it's pretty out there, and Chad went for it you know uh, I, do I think it's over the top now for me yes I would rather it. what's interesting about it is in when doing it live I mean not we've never done the progress suite live but when we are doing gigs live we strip some of these songs down to their essentials progress is one don't know that we ever do can I see you never touch that so and interestingly they dust off very nicely so there's quite simple songs in there, uh, but they got very, very, very complicated and very, very, very expensive, I'm told. So they're now cult albums, which means they didn't sell. It's one of those sort of uh, vignette songs, uh, something like editorial. Yeah, there you are. That's it. Editorial. You see, everything had to have a different name. Everything, it was so pretentious, honestly. Uh, <laughs> that's, its, that's its charm. It, listen, it's of its time. Fair enough. It's a time capsule. You know, I, I can get that. Let's let's give an editorial from the uh, progress suite of uh, of cabbages and kings um, a play. Actually, then. Look at the progress we've made. Vitamin quota in your soup ready-made Forget that there's hunger around you Look at the progress we've seen Perhaps you should cut down on sugar and cream You can't button your jacket around you Overcrowded world What happens now? Better pray to your gods And hope that somehow Far from the shack you call home They aren't burning the grain that has ripened and grown Cause the prices have fallen again So eat up your rice, Billy dear They're starving in India, at least that's what I hear Come on, my child, cram it down you. 
up your rice, Billy dear They're starving in India, least that's what I hear Come on, my child, cram it down you But we are okay in our shiny new car Look at us now, you can see we've come far Here I am playing electric guitar Look at the progress we've made Fantastic, that was uh, editorial from the Progress Suite from Of Cabbages and Kings. There's a song uh, a little bit after this uh, that I, I'd like to play, and it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lovely track. It's uh, Pipe Dream. I think that's Chad's. Oh, oh that no, that's mine. That <laughs> <laughs> no, it's mine. Look at that. Uh, yes, no, no, absolutely. Throw a pebble in the lake and see the ripples uh, grow. Sorry, I was on the midstream. Yeah, oh, God, classic late 60s. I love it. It was such a good time. I, I loved the 60s. Uh, we were in California a lot of the time. It's back and forth, back and forth. But I spent a lot of time in California. And, and that was the time when, you know, all the sort of singer-songwriters were up Laurel Canyon and yeah, the even the agents from the uh, William Morris office were wearing caftans and beads. <laughs> it was all dotty and wonderful. It only lasted a very short time. But it was, to be there was... To have, to have had a good time it was yeah I mean we can change things throw a pebble in the lake just one thing and we can change it all you know I hope I bless I do hope so I love the optimism Stop. 
train from the Ark. There is a few other tracks of yours, obviously, on the Ark. There's tracks like from the Emancipation of Mr. X. Have you got a particular favourite from? Oh, well, I love the Emancipation of Mr. X. We, I've been doing recently on on a tour in in America. I, again, I love it. It's it's yes. We did know people who, under the influence, would tend to take off their clothes and see God. And it seemed to <laughs> and this was about a guy who did just that, because there was a lot of it about. And there you are. And it was, again, it's pure late 60s, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a period I like, and I kind of like the music from it, and I love the playfulness of it. Anyway, Chad described this to me, and I went away and wrote the song, just sort of on a description. 
the arcade is staring down the wind and the sea and all this. And I, I quite like it. Uh, but it was all done. Just a guy rings up and says, can you write something about? And I go, yeah, fine. <laughs> Without seeing it, it sort of worked. Yeah, it's interesting. I've spoken to quite a number of artists um, who were prolific in, in the mid to late 60s and it, they make it sound so easy and the music came with such fluidity and, and it just seems to be such a, a productive period. Yeah, and I think it was the... I mean, I went to a pop art show many years ago now. There's been one recently, but there was another one about 20 years ago. Uh, in the 80s, I think, and walked in and was just blown away by the color, the freshness, the optimism, the sense of play and change and jokes. And it all seemed, I thought it was, yeah, I'm not saying it was Rembrandt, but it was pretty good. I mean, it, it certainly gave me a buzz. And I thought, oh my God, I've forgotten what the, the times were like this. Um, but things had, you know, we'd all got very knowing, very sophisticated. We all know how it all turned out. You know what I mean? It's, um, yeah, no, it was lovely. So, yeah, I, I agree with you about that. It was an extraordinary time. Marvellous. Well, let's, uh, let's play the arc. Who is? 
staring at the sunshine, drying songs, laughing, shouting, crying. Not you, not me, my friend. Are not these the men of the Iron Mountain? Were not these the leaders of the fighting? That was The Ark by uh, Chad and Jeremy, the title track of um, a pair of fantastic uh, albums that were made in the, the late 60s uh, with Gary Usher. Um, now we're starting to, to, to move on, and um, I think you were you were alluding to it earlier, Jeremy, was that the that those two albums were, were quite costly in terms of production um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, didn't quite... Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> Even though now they're very, very uh, well critically acclaimed. I was just recently reading a, a piece by Alex Petridis in The Guardian. Uh, indeed. Ca- calling The Ark a genuinely amazing album, which indeed it is. And, and obviously you guys went on to, to, to different projects. And obviously, Jeremy, you've had quite a notable acting career. The uh, next song, I think um, you originally recorded it in the early 80s, but you've, I think the version that I'm playing is... Uh, much more recent but it's a song that feels like a a chad and jeremy standard now and i think it's a song that you do play uh to this day and it's zanzibar sunset yes yes zanzibar sunset okay the 70s i mean i wrote some stuff and it will all eventually come out which i'll tell you about but Mm. but the 70s were basically i mean i chad and i split up i was in england working as hard as i possibly could uh as an actor uh, rather in demand because that's what what happens to young actors and uh, and raising a family and very I mean there wasn't a moment in the day at all times and there was always a child was not sleeping or something you know mm. so I didn't write much but what I did do I did write a bit but it was always sort of very painful and took forever and 
I was a bit stuck. And I and I thought to myself, these words, it's words. I don't really trust myself with. I think other people are. What do you write about, basically? Mm-hmm. You get up in the morning. Yeah, you know, I got up in the morning. My uh, woman was giving me a hard time. You know, whatever it is. And you think oh, it's all been done. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can't think of anything original. And I went to a party. This is in the early eighties, given by Annie Ross, Lambert Hendricks, and Ross. Uh, jazz singer and I met a guy there in a big tall cowboy tall guy in a cowboy hat and I said American sound he was actually Canadian and I said what do you do he said I'm a lyricist I said oh don't meet many of them so but basically went down the next day and there were drawers full of lyrics he'd been working with a band called Meal Ticket which included an old friend of mine called Rick Jones still is and a great band he had all this unpublished stuff and Zanzibar Sunset was one of the first lyrics I ever set of his. And I remember where I was and when the first bits of the tune started to come through and thinking, oh my goodness, oh, we're onto something here. And rushing home and throwing things onto tape while, you know, domestic matters pressed. And it was all thrilling. And since then, he and I, David and I went on, he's no longer with us, I fear, but uh, as of very recently. But uh, we went on to write an awful lot of material, and this was the first one, and it's become, yeah, as you say, it's become sort of a Chad and Jeremy standard, you might say. At that time, at the moment that David and I had started working together, and we had already quite a, quite a number of songs, a lot of them not suitable for Chad and Jeremy, but a few that were. And we were signed at that point to uh, a record label, Rockshire Records, a short-lived venture, quixotic and short-lived, fueled, I mean, run on uh, embezzled funds from Hughes Aircraft. (laughs) Don't ask, but it's true. Um, And so, you know, a small label. um, And they wanted a hit single. And they overlooked Zanzibar Sunset and put out one of Chad's ones, called Bite the Bullet, which was catchy and dancey and poppy and all the things that we aren't. And they, they totally blew it, totally blew it. And by that time, the, by the time we got around to Zanzibar, which was going to be the second single, everything had folded, the police were in, there was mayhem. <laughs> but uh, how can I follow that up? Uh, you can, good luck, good luck. <laughs> Drifting days after the war I found a tea room north of the Mozambique shore Worn Persian carpet on the sandalwood floor Rower pointed slippers by the bamboo door On the wall a faded picture of a movie queen Torn from the pages of some ancient magazine Sleeping parrot Dreaming parrot dreams And I sat and watched The Zanzibar sunset Sat and drank my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company 
dream Or in my wandering years long ago I watched the tropical twilight falling like snow Silhouette of palms in the afterglow Caravan of camels on the beach below Someday soon when I can take it no more When the kids grow up or I sell the store Gonna leave my shoes by that dusty bamboo door And I'll sit and watch the Zanzibar sunset Sit and drink my fresh mint tea With nothing to do until morning And only my mind for company moving on to some of your more recent solo work and you, you were sort of touching on that when we were talking about Zanzibar Sunset yeah. and um, the first uh, song I'd like to play if you're happy to play it of course is, uh, is from the, the first volume of the Bottom Draw Sessions and it's uh, a song called That Will Be That This is, I like the song This is a late Pierce lyric This is a guy, he, David Pierce I mean he didn't just write lyrics, he wrote poetry and he wrote thrillers which deal with Penguin and deal with Scribner's. B for Victor Daniel. Mysteries are by David M. Pierce can be found. And they're very funny and jolly and very him. But he also is one of those people, writers write every day. They just have to. That's, it's, you know, that's why I'm not a writer. I mean, mm. I can write a little bit, but I admire people who practice their craft every day kind of thing. And he did until he wrote something every day, basically, and a good deal more. Sometimes I set this quite quite recently. In fact, he was very ill. He'd had a poor old chap had had a series of strokes, and and finally, mercifully, left us um, a little bit a bit ago. Anyway, the point is that I went and finished this. I went to Paris where he lived and finished this song while he was sort of ill in bed, basically. Sat and said, "No, no, I want a second verse, you bastard." Come on, you can do it, um, which he loved because you know, like being challenged, mm. and we did it. And it's 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 so it's got a lot of sort of um, it's got a lot of soul in this one. Um, and it's he's a clever old thing; he just writes words that melt you sometimes. I know that this probably won't happen, but to me, it's a sort of wedding song. I sort of mm. it's the sort of thing that you know, if it ever got popular it's the sort of thing that people would you know play first dance and all that nonsense i don't know it's one of those to me while and you'll smile and say 
We have a, a track from the second volume of the Bottom Draw Sessions, and oh, it can't keep up with my dreams anymore. Oh, 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 you beast. <laughs> right, well, okay, probably the saddest song has ever been written. <laughs> it's, it was so depressing, but I thought, and I tried this out because David and I, okay, the Bottom Draw Sessions, let's start there. Bottom Draw Sessions is what it says on the label. It's the fact that I had all these songs, time is moving on, they better get recorded, because otherwise they won't exist, they'll just live in my head, and that's the end of that. So I'm starting this huge, recording the entire catalog, and I think it'll be seven seven albums, mm. in all, seems to be the way it's going. Um, so this is number two, and we tried, in a previous incarnation, I tried to make musicals, musical theatre out of these, or out of our catalogue which has grown considerably since we did this, this was 20 years ago 
And there were two. One was called, show was called What's the Score? Another one was called B Movie. And they were both attempts to use our catalogue and use them in a theatrical way. Eunice Stubbs, I did a workshop, and Eunice Stubbs, very lovely, love, she was wonderful, and agreed to play in the, the musical version, and it included Can't Keep Up With My Dreams Anymore, and she sang it. Uh, she's not a natural, I mean, she sang it, talked it. I mean, she would say that she told me herself, I feel a bit nervous about my singing. I said, don't worry, don't worry, I think, the, I think, I think you'll carry it. And she did, and she. It was one of the highlights, and the show didn't work at all. But one of the highlights of that evening, when we tried it out on a Sunday night and before at the Fortune Theatre, was Eunice standing on stage and singing this song, and it just sort of everybody wept. It also was the song at David's memorial that I sang at David's memorial fairly recently in Paris, because it's one of his, you know, later songs. And I just hope it's not too depressing. To whom it may concern, goodbye. It's time to leave the race, can't keep up. Can't keep up with my dreams anymore And much to my surprise All I got was older Now youth has gained the prize The faster and the bolder Goodbye, I'm at the door Years are getting shorter Can't keep up with my dreams anymore To whom it may concern Can't face the fight, can't face the night Can't keep up with my dreams anymore And much to my surprise All I got was old All I got was lies And crying on my shoulders don't know where I'm going, but I'll write you when I get there. Can't keep up with my dreams
to whom it may concern goodbye It's time to leave the race Can't keep up the pace Can't keep up with my dreams anymore And much to my surprise All I got was older Now youth has gained the prize The faster and the bolder Goodbye, I'm out the door The years are getting shorter Can't keep up with my dreams anymore Jeremy, the uh, next song is also from uh, the Bottom Draw Sessions, uh, Volume 2. It's um, I say, I've say i Saved All Your Letters. That's uh, another great song. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, thanks. I love the chords on that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I work with a great guy called Joe Meacham, and... It's just basically, it's guitars. I mean, and he weaves around me and makes me sound better than I am. Uh, and we do it. It's all very sort of in-house. And there's actually three of us. as a drummer called Paul Terry. And then Joe does the rest. And I do my stuff. And somehow it all, we it, it works. And what's lovely about this, I mean, I was listening to it. I like this. I love the song. Uh, it's a late one. It's another late one, this Again, because it's sort of in it, it, you know, I think some of us have been there. You know what I mean? Uh, David was very, very good at uh, writing songs of regret <laughs> and and loss. And But I have other friends. Um, there's a, a great pal of mine is a chap called Hugo Williams, who's Queen's um, Medal for Poetry and, oh, and all kinds of things. He's... He's a poet, 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 and but he he loves they they all love sort of loss and and things that might have been and lost love and all that kind of stuff. I think poets live for it personally. So there we are. It, yeah, it's it's a lost love job, and David was brilliant at that at that. And what Joe does with the chords are just it makes it sound a good deal better than when I played it by myself. Yeah. I've saved all your letters The occasional Valentine's card Got them all safely tucked away I'll read them again some rainy day Exactly when is hard to say I've saved all your letters Got them in a drawer somewhere 
remind me to check if they're still there one of these days one of these days I'll read the odd paragraph someday soon when I need a good laugh I'll laugh at myself Crying over you Might have a tilt At a windmill or two Guess that's what I'll do Still I've saved all your letters Funny what a grown man will do And don't forget You also left All those photographs The good ones Of me and you You never know I'd want to see them again That was uh, Jeremy Clyde, of course, and I've saved all your letters uh, from the uh, second volume of the Bottom Draw Sessions. And uh, I think there's uh, there's a Bottom Draw Sessions website where um, people can go and have a look uh, and uh, uh, about uh, that material. Jeremy, I think as well. There is, there is, yeah. And uh, not only that, there's there's films. Uh, certainly from the, my son Matthew, uh, shot a lot of material, and so there's films for the, for the, there's videos to look at on the YouTube, or all via the Bottom Draw Sessions website. There's my commentary on where the songs came from, what was involved, what was going on at the time, and much else besides. And I'm actually almost finished with Volume 3, uh, which will come out probably next year because I sort of, that seems to be the way we're doing it. And I'm trying to get ahead because I'm off to do, I'm involved uh, in a uh, production, a thing called The Girls, which Gary Barlow and Tim Firth have written. It's the musical for Calendar Girls. Oh, yeah. And uh, I start that at the end of this year and will be very, very busy at the Phoenix Theatre for, for 2017 and into 18, I'm told, if, assuming it runs. Um, so there you are. Um, so I'm trying to get ahead of myself, and uh, but there's there's more to come. So keep checking, keep checking uh, the albums. And the thing is, I couldn't tell you whether the first album is better than the second album or better than the third album because it's not like that. I just sort mm. of stuck a pin in, you know, and pulled out various things. And you know, it doesn't mean that number seven is less good. I'm holding stuff back and all that. So there you are. Excellent. And um, obviously one of the reasons we're here today is to, to talk about the new uh, Yesterday's Gone uh, 
double CD which collects uh, all the Chad and, Chad and Jeremy material on uh, Ember. Um, the, the, the last song today um, is, I think it's one of the very early uh, Chad and Jeremy singles. Um, it's Like I Love You Today. Yes. Now, this is, this is a bit of a curio, which is why it's kind of fun to uh, end on it and talk about it. This is the single that failed. Mm. This is the follow-up to Yesterday's Gone. So we'd had this hit with Yesterday's Gone. And I, because of family connections, because my dad was in show business and everything, I knew um, John Mills, Sir John Mills, not, not then, but he wasn't then, but lovely, and Haley mm. and Juliet and the family, the Mills family, in fact. And Juliet was married. Her first marriage was to a chap called Russell Alquist, who was a songwriter. And Chad and he, we all sort of used to hang out together. And Russell and Chad got on. And this was, I think, I'm not sure it was even, I think, I think Russell wrote this, I think I'm right, and then Chad arranged it, whatever it was. And they threw the kitchen sink, and it's got all those sort of early 60s, there's a tremendous tom, tremendous drumming and <laughs> and accents and drama, uh, and it utterly, utterly failed. And there was a huge campaign behind it. So there you are. So it's sort of <laughs> a deservedly lost, possibly, but kind of fun because it, again, it's so of its time. I mean, the arrangement is, I don't know, it's sort of like downtown <laughs> gone mad. You know, the Pet Park downtown, you know, it's, it's that sort of, all that sort of orchestral stuff. Um, but it's fun and it's of its time and it, it didn't break through. So it had it not been for the release of Yesterday's Gone over in, in America and get first going up the country charts before they realized we were English. And then they realized we were English and we had hair. And so that was time to leave, particularly in those days. And that's how we joined the British invasion. Um, so, like I love you today is sort of the way things were going, which was down the dumper, um, until we were rescued by the country ch stations in America. Marvelous. Um, I, I, I guess everyone should uh, look out for for the uh, Chad and Jeremy website for for some forthcoming live shows. Yes, uh, that's the idea. Uh, we're putting together some dates this this autumn before I get involved in the West End. So yes, absolutely. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to it. And hope to be working with some other friends of ours. I mean, I think we're doing a show with Demi Lane, who's an old pal, and, and probably others. So there you are. So there's uh, lots of fun still to come on the Chad and Jeremy front. <laughs> Long may it continue. Um, Indeed. <laughs> fantastic. Well, uh, all the best with the uh, new CD and obviously the, the bottom draw sessions and obviously uh, the girls, of course. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Good on you. Yes.
I love you today.